0: Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to our new studios. I think this is our third night. We're still figuring out the lighting, everything else. We haven't really done a stage set, so we've got uh, old glory behind us. Uh, but we want to keep it simple because uh, our Skype guest comes in and uh, it's it's easier to, to put them on the screen, and we're still working it all out. But we're blessed you're with us tonight. We have Congressman Bob McEwen. He'll be on shortly. But before we get to Congressman McEwen, I know all of us coming into the Thanksgiving season and here we're celebrating the 400th anniversary um, of the Mayflower Compact where you had that first Thanksgiving in 1621 and America's been thankful ever since and now uh, our political officials have shut down our Easter. They're going to shut down our Thanksgiving. They shut down Columbus Day. They're probably going to go into Christmas, shut that down as well. And of course, the governor came out and uh, he's made some directives as to how we're supposed to approach Thanksgiving this year. Gatherings that include uh, more than three households are prohibited. Uh, this includes everyone present, including hosts and guests. Um, and then it says that uh, you're, if, if you have three people or excuse me, three households gathering, you can only meet outside in a public park or other outdoor space. Um, and then, and then it says this idea of the purple tier and the red and the orange and the yellow tiers. And of course, we've been placed in the purple tier. Uh, we'll go over that later because it's just complete insanity, and you'll see why momentarily. But here the governor is telling us that we're not allowed to gather. Um, Additionally, multiple gatherings of three households cannot be jointly organized or coordinated to occur in the same public park or outdoor space, let alone indoors. We we, we can't be indoors. We have to be outdoors. And if outdoors, we can't have more than three families. This would constitute a gathering exceeding the permitted household limits. Anyone with COVID-19 like symptoms, and it goes through the shortness of breath and the concerns over that. And and, and they, they state that if you're going to have one of these, uh, you have to write down, the host should collect the names of all attendees. Wow, that's freedom in America. Uh, here we are in the nation state of California. And, and spend as much time outside or near outside as possible. Make sure you're wearing your mask. It goes through all of these aspects. The seating... Uh, must provide at least six feet of distance in all directions, front, back, side, to side. I have a 1,500-square-foot house. I don't even know if I can fit my whole family in there. And uh, some people are going to have to be in the bathroom for Thanksgiving. Um, And and it goes through shared items should be minimized uh, during a gathering. Food and beverages should be served by a person who washes or sanitizes their hands frequently. They must wear wear a mask. Um, Self-serve items from communal containers should be minimized. It goes on and on and on. This will be, if of course we follow these guidelines, uh, the most awful Thanksgiving I think I've ever heard of. But it's okay, everybody, because the governor has shown us how we can avoid these rules, and it's really simple. Uh, I want to show you uh, a clip that uh, uh, was on Tucker Carlson. It's two minutes long. And take a look at how our governor operates by the rules he wrote And what he gets to do, and, well, if he gets to do it, so do we. But we have to do what he did if we violate this, and I'll show you how to do that momentarily. So take a look at the governor um, violating his own rules. Uh, Here's the
1: clip from Tucker Carlson. It turns out that Newsom was simply celebrating the birthday of a longtime friend of his, a lobbyist, actually, called Jason Kinney. A spokesperson for Kinney described the night this way, quote, This was a small, intimate 12-person dinner held outdoors with family and a few close friends to celebrate a 50th birthday. In other words, no big deal. For his part, Governor Newsom assured his suffering subjects that, quote, our family followed the restaurant's health protocols and took safety precautions. So really, ladies and gentlemen, it was nothing. Just a small, intimate dinner held in nature under God's blue skies. Just a few close friends staying safe and following the protocols to the letter, letter as mandated by the state that, in fact, they run. So relax, people. No one's getting Rona here. That was the story. Now the photograph. We have the picture thanks to Fox 11 in Los Angeles, one of the rare local stations that still does reporting. It's a picture of the birthday dinner up in Napa. It turns out it was not held outside. It was held in a private room, and not a spacious private room either. All 12 people were packed in tight, shoulder to shoulder, breathing on each other. No social distancing here. Not one of them is wearing a mask. A steam room in central Wuhan could not be more contagious than this dinner. Gavin Newsom's birthday party was a germ factory and his guests were human petri dishes. But what a guest list it was. Next to Governor Newsom sat the CEO of the California Medical Association and one over from him one of the state's top health lobbyists. Together, the two of them represent tens of thousands of physicians, credentialed men of science and women of science in the state of California. So if you're wondering why, if you live in California, you can't have Thanksgiving this year or visit your mother as she dies alone in the hospital, it is because of them and people like them. And yet there they were. Eating $300 truffle pasta and living like this pandemic thing never even happened.
0: And that $300 truffle pasta, we got to pay for as taxpayers, and we're so grateful for that. And so I I know how we're going to resolve this Thanksgiving dilemma that all of us are facing. We're going to do... Uh, what the governor did you see if you follow that clip and you can go on although they're uh, taking Tucker's stuff and putting it way down in YouTube so it's hard to find but you'll go on and you'll see the governor just simply say you know I was wrong and I apologize uh, there's no consequences he's not going to get fined or anything so here's what all of you need to do take a look at this next one at uh, Gavin Newsom He's sorry for breaking his own rules and guidelines when he went to the French Laundry with a bunch of people. Since that's all it takes, I would like to follow his example and preemptively apologize for all the guidelines. I will not be following this Thanksgiving. There you have it, folks. That's how you take care of it. And we want to say thank you to the governor because, well, he's a hypocrite. He knows the rules. He's put them there They don't apply to him, but they apply to all us peons who are paying for his meal. Um, I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way, Governor. You govern by our consent. Uh, We're to respect those in authority, but you're also not to violate our inalienable rights. And you're out of line, and all of us know it, and we're not stupid. And so that brings us to locally here in Ventura County. Um, I'm not sure what the next slide is, but take a look at it. They'll put it up there. Oh, that's right. I want to read this to you. This is from our health officer, Dr. Robert Levin and also Roberto uh, R- uh, Rigoberto Vargas. And uh, these are hot tips. Number 119 came out today, 11 18, 2020 Please copy and distribute to all physicians at your location. Recommended for increased SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19 testing in Ventura County. COVID-19 cases are increasing and it is critical to the overall health of those in Ventura County that Ventura County Public Health, VCPH, be able to implement contact tracing and home isolation of not only those with classic symptoms of COVID-19 infection, but of mild cases as well. This will lead to a decrease in the prevalence of COVID-19 infections in our county, VCPH, recommends health providers test patients with any symptoms of possible COVID-19 that doesn't have another explanation for the sign or symptom. And then it goes on to say recommendations for all healthcare care providers have all patients with any one or more of the common COVID-19 symptoms tested for COVID-19. We got to make sure that we test them all. And then below it says patients be tested any number of times if they develop new symptoms Uh, There is enough testing capacity in the system to recommend asymptomatic patients for testing. Test them all. Get as many as we can. And the reason why they want to do that is because, well, their idea is let's test more and then we'll have less cases. And really what they're saying is this is called the plan for the perpetual purple zone. I want to show you something here as I read to you. You see, Here in Ventura County, we haven't had a death in 14 days of COVID. All the percentages that really matter, uh, percent of ICU beds available. We're doing great there. The goal is 20%. We're at 22% available. Average daily tests, well... Uh, Our goal is 150, but because of the directive from the health director, we've now tested 404 daily. That's far more than the goal of 150, which of course, all these people who didn't know they had COVID because they're asymptomatic, they now have a prevalence and an increase in positive tests. However, we look at the percent of ventilators currently available. The goal is 25%. We're at 85% available. The change in the three-day average of COVID-19 hospitalization patients, we've improved. We're in a really good spot. It's supposed to be 10%. We're at 26%. And so the total cases per 100,000 of testing positive is 13.3. And now that puts us in the perpetual purple zone for things that really are a waste of time. And we've had no deaths in the last 14 days. None. Total number of tests, 242,881. Total cases, 17,000. But all the things that matter are not the things we're tracking. And so they want us to keep testing so that they can use this this idea that the number of positive cases is a reason why we have to ruin the economy, why we have to shut down Thanksgiving, why we have to decimate our, our businesses, why we have to keep our kids out of school, while abusers have to be quarantined or uh, the abused have to be quarantined with their abusers, and and while we watch them completely destroy our state. And all the while, they get to dine on $400 uh, a plate meals that we get to pay for while they increase our taxes and destroy our savings and our livelihood. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Oh, and here's the kicker. Dr. Robert Levin, with all that wisdom of increasing and telling all the physicians to go out and test everybody, even if they're asymptomatic because the way what we get out of the purple zone is to increase the testing so that that one number that places us in purple is the positive test per 100,000. Forget the fact that nobody, we have 13 in ICU. It's the lowest, we're watching these numbers drop. But to reward him, check this out, Dr. Robert Levin, he gets a pay, cre- a pay increase of 12.5%. The leader of the COVID response of Ventura County gets a pay increase of 12.5% while all of us have lost our jobs, while all of us are suffering. He, but, but we're in this together. We're in this together. Isn't that precious? Well, you can see I'm a little fired up by it. I've got a couple more slides, and now I want to get to my guest speaker because he's such a, a blessing. I want you to see this next one. 2020 has taught us that while less than 1% of our populace are at great risk from COVID, 100% of the people are adversely affected from the lockdown, shutdowns, isolation, and separation, and we're sick of it, and we're going to fight back. We're going to fight back. And then, as we watch the election being stolen from us, Rasmussen reports, fascinatingly enough, uh, Biden underperformed Hillary Clinton in every major metro area around the country, save for Milwaukee, Detroit, Atlanta, and Philadelphia, In these big cities and swing states run by Democrats that shut down that evening on election night. The vote even exceeded the number of registered voters. That's fascinating. So that's going to bring us to a place where we're going to have a chance to Talk with not only a man who has served our nation as a congressman, but is also well-versed in the history of this nation. He is a precious friend. You've enjoyed him on the show before. But tonight, I am so grateful he's here because there's so many things we're all struggling with and we're all a little irritated. And I can't think of anyone to give us some insights into what we're facing better than Congressman Bob McEwen. Let's welcome him tonight. Howdy, Good.
2: sir. Great to be with you. Thank you, Rob. You,
0: you, you blessed me. I, I don't know if you had a chance to hear all that on the Skype, all the stuff I went through. Hopefully, the technology we're trying to figure out here. Uh, did that I come did. through for
2: you? Yes. Yes, it did. And, of course, the, the hypocrisy of the whole thing. That's the way socialism is. Socialism is government control of the tools of production, which is your restaurant or your coffee shop or your whatever. And whenever you go to, to socialist countries, uh, it, throughout the Soviet Union and Soviet times, there was always a lane down the middle of the highway. And that's where only the apparatchiks drove. They didn't have to stop. They didn't have to go to traffic. They didn't have to stop for red lights. Anybody going through there, you, you had to get out of their way because they were important. And in pre-enterprise, the way that you get money is that you... Provide a good restaurant or a good haircut or a good lawnmower or a paint a house. You do something good for someone. But under socialism, it's just because you have power and you tell other people what to do. And we have evidently in some states, particularly on the West Coast, we have chosen socialists that sit down as the governor of Oregon did today and say, after Wednesday, you cannot have anyone in your home for 14 days. Now. You and I know that that is as, as tyrannical as anyone has ever done anything. And if the people of Oregon put up with that, then they'll, they'll continue. And they already went after Columbus Day. Now they want to do away with Thanksgiving. Rest assured, what's next? They're going to make it illegal to sing a carol at Christmas. And the governor of, of California has already done so.
0: Yeah, he said we're not allowed to sing, we're not allowed to, uh, we have to wear masks, we're not allowed to have any wind, you know, uh, flutes or anything along those lines, That uh, instruments. Uh, it's it's very tyrannical and draconian, to be sure. I, I an, Another area, too, that's baffling to me, Bob, is I, I was taking a look at some of the data in relation to total deaths in the United States, uh, and they went down from 2017, 18, 19, 20, And and we're looking, and even if we're to project, and we're all the way through to eleven eighteen on the CDC updates, and we're we're well below the total number of deaths of twenty nineteen, and even if we, you know, expand those significantly, um, we're we're gonna what maybe run thirty thousand deaths over, but they're telling us that there's been two hundred and something thousand deaths from COVID, although we're saying six percent is probably from not with, and and we're. The thing that baffled me, and if you could speak to it, is as I was looking at all the deaths uh, in these previous years and seeing the deaths attributed to influenza, here we are in November, and, and I the, the influenza
2: disappeared. It, it's usually from 40,000, 60,000 every year. The last time I looked was a few weeks ago. They had 61 for the United States of America, 61. Now, what happened? Did it suddenly just disappear? No. They're in in an effort to try to create this fear, and that two hundred fifty thousand is is nonsense. But nev- nevertheless, they put everything in there as much as they can. And this is the important part of of knowledge. In order to be free, you have to have free information. That's why the first thing socialists do is they take over the newspaper. They they go into the TV and radio stations. Uh, you, you saw Jake Quivera and Castro and 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 uh, all of those. That's what they do. So. What has happened in America in just the recent 36 months to to four or five years is the very, very wealthy, the billionaire party, the people who live in in Manhattan and in San Francisco and L.A., the billionaires that control the party. And then they have the masses, a third of the people in the country on welfare. And so they they have a a conglomeration in which they take over our information. They try to preach fear. And uh, anybody that steps out of line. Then they ridicule, which is what uh, fascists always do, and, and that's another thing. The way that you know what the left is up to is they accuse you of whatever it is. Now, I've never known any Republican ever that was concerned about not getting people to vote, voter suppression. It never comes up. It's never discussed. It's never thought about. It never enters our mind. However, you understand that the the untruth of the polls—that on the day of the election in Wisconsin, it said that that Donald Trump was going to lose by 17 points now why would you why would you say such a thing that is to suppress to discourage what's the point of me going to vote he's going to get trounced anyway to suppress the vote in Wisconsin which we all know that he carried and even with all of the theft the, all the black uh, the carrying on they only have him up by, by 20,000 in other words a tie so how could you be off 14 points well it's not just that uh, we all heard heard that Lindsey Graham in South Carolina that he was just on the bubble, and he was behind four to six points. He won by yeah. uh, twelve percent. Uh, Collins up in up in Maine. There never was a poll by any polling company or any university that ever had her ahead. Never once, and she was always double digits below. However, she won by double digits. So the list goes on and on. Ohio, where I'm from, four. Uh, Biden was supposed to carry it by four points. Trump carried it by eight. So that's only a dis- distinction of 12%. So so the efforts of what they're up to, and of course, we'll talk about Antifa. We think about what fascism does. So we know what they're up to, and we see it as important. And reason for your having this broadcast and bringing the information to people is that we have slept too long, and we cannot sleep any longer. We're not predicting what might happen. We're pointing out what is happening. Yeah, it's happening
0: before our very eyes. I I was also thinking, too, you had, was it 29 of 29 toss-up seats for the House, and they all went Republican. And and Trump outperforms in every major city, including San Francisco, New York. He outperforms in all of these inner cities where he's obviously not going to win, but he outperforms. But the four that we listed earlier, that Biden outperformed Hillary Clinton, and those are the ones that they shut down in the evening and all of a sudden this flood of, of new votes come in and he outperforms and it exceeds the number of registered voters in the combination of all of those four. And, and yet we're not supposed to question it. We're supposed to take it at face value. There's nothing to see here. And, and, and you're watching these, these elected leaders remain silent and the American people are, are just baffled by it. And they're allowing our republic to be stolen. And it's a little frustrating. It's a lot frustrating. It's frightening actually. And I think folks need to push back and fight.
2: It it really is, it's quite dangerous. And so to explain, uh, for example, they didn't have any problem counting the ballots in California or in Montana or in Texas or or in Florida because they don't make any difference. We know what California is gonna do. We know what Illinois is going to do. Now, it used to be Illinois, you could steal votes in, Cal- in, in Chicago, but now they've, they've got the whole thing rigged, so we know it's going to, all of those electoral votes are going to go blue, they're going to go Democrat regardless. So, the ones that matter are the ones that we saw change, Wisconsin, Michigan, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, and North, North Carolina. And Georgia. And Georgia. And now, why, why wouldn't they, they just count the numbers and report them? That's what, they, that's what they did in most of the country. That's what they did in New England. Why would they not do it there? Because because they don't know how many votes they have to have in order to carry the state. And here it was midnight in, in Pennsylvania, and the president is up by nearly a million votes. Now, this is serious. This is going to work double time. How? Where are we going to come up with these votes? Well, first thing, we've got to shut down. We've got to figure out how many we need. Get all of the rural people in. Get everybody from outside Pittsburgh and which, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, the only two cities that, disc, that stopped counting, so, everybody's all done. All right, here's the deadline. Here it is 740,000. You've got to come up with that. And so, day by day by day, lo and behold, they find enough to do it. So, you can you you, you be blind, deaf, and dumb and still be able to see this. This is, this is apparent.
0: Right. Well, my, but, my, my, my favorite discrepancy is uh, when they've got the mail in ballots that have no creases in them. How did they get mailed? And where did those come from?
2: It's just. Now, now let's talk about that because I. Uh, as you know, I'm from Cincinnati, he was listening to a talk show host just a couple of weeks ago, and he was ridiculing the president for, for questioning these, these mail-in ballots. And he said, you know, why, what's he afraid of and why is he trying to scare people, et cetera, that kind of thing. Now, what is a mail-in ballot? Let me just, let's start with the, with the precipice. That is, how many countries use these mail-in ballots? And the answer to that is zero. Zero. There's not a nation on earth that would do this. If Zimbabwe did this, we wouldn't recognize their government. Because what is that? Well, they don't belong to anybody. But what we did is we just bailed millions of these things out here. They're live ballots. All you got to do is scoop them up. So here's an empty lot. Well, it had an apartment building there 10 years ago, and there are 500 people that live there. And There's 500 of them laying around. and, and, And literally a half a million in one city were returned, the fact that they couldn't deliver them. So they not only went to wrong people, they went to people out of state, they went elsewhere. Now all, all the, they have these live ballots. Now that's totally different from voting absentee. When you vote absentee, you say, here I am. My name is Bob McEwen. I live at 7382 Ridge Point Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. However, today I'm going to be in Naples, Florida. Therefore, I want your ballot. Here's my signature. I want you to send it to me at this particular address. They compare the signature, they compare the address, they see whether or not I'm registered, and then they follow through. That is totally different than print sending willy-nilly to tens of thousands, any name, many people have been dead for years. Anybody who's ever run for office has gone to the Board of Elections and gotten a list of the, of the registered voters. And if they're happy, if half of them are either alive or live in those places. So that's what happened. That's what the president was was offended. That's what America did for the first time ever. I take that back. They've been doing that in California for yeah, nearly Yeah,
0: we, we were th- we were the prototype. We were, uh, you know, prior to Hitler doing what he did in 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 Germany and and around the world. The, the prototype was tested in Spain, uh, and, and that's probably not a good illustration because one resulted in the deaths of millions. But I'm I'm pointing out that they they used California as a test case in 2016. We saw young Kim off on her freshman orientation and then she's removed because uh, they, they came up with all of these ballots that they harvested and you know uh, you excluded California as though it doesn't matter but really they, they use the Dominion system and they do mess with down ballot issues they, they have a super majority in the Senate um, and also in the Assembly and they've, they've done that in a number of districts Uh, One of the reasons why they just couldn't contend, I would say, with the congressional seats and why we won them is because there was such an an immense turnout. It requires an an enormous portion of the population to come out and offset whatever shenanigans they're going to do. And that's the one reason why we're still in play and we didn't at this point lose the House. They're going to try to do that in Georgia or excuse me, the Senate. They're going to try to do that in Georgia and why we increased in the House and we picked up some state legislatures and governor seats is because Americans came out and supported this president probably more than any other president has received votes, legal votes in the history of the country.
2: I believe that's absolutely right. And uh, not a single Republican was defeated. And as you as you mentioned, all of the experts, the the Cook Report, and all these insightful folks, they 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 list twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, thirty-seven House members, Republican House members that that, that are up for grabs, that are that are toss-ups. And what is, why do you do that? You do that to target the money from around the country to say, oh, my, my goodness, the person in the third district of Illinois is vulnerable. Then we can get that Republican out of there. And so that candidate gets infinitely, multiple times more money than the Republicans had, and yet every single one of them went Republican. Now, why is that? That is because, exactly as you said, this president got overwhelming, overwhelming support. And they had, uh, and of course it wasn't that the motivation skills of, of the opposition uh, he, they could barely prop him up and, and, but they knew they, there was no need to campaign. Only, only bad things could happen if you campaigned. They'd already rigged the system that they were going to carry the, the, the states that they needed and they have in they in the short run and it's very despondent but they have maxed out on, on the people we're going this is going to be targeted this is going to be revealed and uh, the American people are not going to stand for it.
0: I I, honestly, Bob, I think it's going to begin where we take Thanksgiving back. Uh, We we have the data. We see what it is. It doesn't matter what the press says and and all the insanity. You look at the numbers. They're there. We the, the governor, he's a hypocrite. He knows he's not social distancing. He's with the health officers from the state. It is a big game of control. And I think the citizens of California and across the country in some of these dominated draconian tyrannical blue states need to just take thanksgiving back stand in opposition and and i i've been saying this for a long time the churches need to open and start giving thanks to god we 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 need to start to return to this understanding of liberty that god has given us this isn't man's idea and churches need to proclaim that as it says in leviticus it's on it's on the liberty bell that one verse declaring this and you know let liberty ring throughout the nation and i i'm I, I'm, I'm encouraged by the American people, and, and they really do deserve credit, because they've watched a president, a sitting president, who's been eviscerated 95% negative media. They've, they've taken him through Russia Gate, They've taken him through impeachment. They've attacked his family. I, I just watched a movie last night, strangely enough, I think it was on Netflix. No, actually, I got it on, on, on Apple. Uh, I don't see Netflix. It was on, on Apple Movies. And it's, it's dealing with everything that the president has faced. And I can't remember the title of it, but it is an amazing movie. And, and you go through the entire chronology of what they did to General Flynn. And here he goes into this election. They throw the COVID virus at us. They inflate the data. They peddle fear. They mask us. They distance us, they shut our houses of worship, they destroy our businesses, they rig an election, and they still can't control the narrative, even though the tech oligarchy censors us. Yeah. 139 yeah. of the president's tweets were were flagged, labeled, censored, whatever, zero of Biden's. And yeah. Yeah. The, this is the American people. I. I really believe that they have the ability to overcome this. I know I'm committed to
2: doing it. Well, during the 1930s, uh, the streets were filled with people that, that they called themselves the American First, but it was led greatly by the by communist organizations and, and socialist organizations that people, we didn't want to get involved. We, we, we didn't want to get involved. And finally, Yamamoto, who was the admiral in charge with a graduate of Harvard, who had been the defense attaché twice uh, in Washington, D.C., who knew America, that when the decision was made to attack America at uh, Pearl Harbor and sink the Pacific Fleet, that he said to his team, I fear we have awakened a sleeping giant. America got itself into that position because it refused to, to move when it could have. And, of course, we weren't the leaders. It was the responsibility of Britain and France and others, but they didn't lead, and therefore we didn't either. And it was the Depression time, and I had every excuse. But there finally came a time when we were about to lose it all, and America rose up. And I believe and I hope and I pray that uh, when we see what is happening in Seattle, a beautiful city that's been destroyed, and people are leaving it in droves, when we see the chaos of night after night as people scream these evil uh, uh, vulgarities in Portland night after night. And then we see in the most beautiful state, the fifth largest economy in the world just a matter of a few couple of years ago, a gorgeous, gorgeous state that has a, a GDP, this gross domestic product the size of France. It doesn't have embassies around the world. It doesn't have an army. It doesn't have a navy. The state of California should be rolling in money. And yet, uh, if you just look at the street signs, they're more worn out than in most of the states of the country, of the incompetence that what California has done to itself by pursuing socialism. And now that was, that was the technique. And the way that they did it through the mail-in ballots and the harvesting was H.R. 1, which was passed last year when, when Pelosi took over the, the House of Representatives. They passed it as the very first bill of the House because they wanted to do that for the entire country. Well, if they have the president, they'll sign it now and they can pass it in the House, it, the Senate is very critical, because once they can do that, uh, Republicans were destroyed in the state of California, as we have seen once happened. They wanna do that to the entire country. So we have to be alert in Georgia, and then we have to take this country back, a sleeping giant that is now finally awakened.
0: Yeah, it has to happen. And you know, when you were describing California as the golden state, and, and I've, I've, I've gone through this before, you've heard it, we now lead the nation in homelessness. We lead the nation in poverty. We have, we have the bottom 20%, I would say bottom 10% in, re, in regards to the quality of schools and education in California. We lead the nation in debt. You combine the, next, the debts of the next four largest states, it doesn't equal the debt of California. We, we, we have decimated this economy. And, and I was driving today around just our city and, and I'm seeing the shuttered businesses that were once vibrant and filled with people and happy people, and th- they're, 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 they're closed, they're gone. And we're dealing with a virus that affects 1% of the population and we are just creating havoc and misery on 100% of the population in our county and in our state. And what do we do? We give these officials a 12.5%
2: raise. And the legislature goes to Hawaii for a vacation.
0: Exactly. They, uh, and the governor has a $400 uh, a plate meal.
2: And that's the way socialism works. And so when we've allowed this to happen, uh, uh, one person in three in the, in the entire country that's on welfare is paid for by the taxpayers of California. They, they've, they've come there to live in, in that beautiful paradise and then turn it into a place where they don't even have the obligation to go to the... To, to the outhouse, uh, and they can just do it wherever they feel, because these people, the mayor of, of of San Francisco that became the lieutenant governor, who's now sitting in the governor's mansion, that person is one who has been elevated by the voters of California. Now, hopefully uh, we've begun to awake, and we must, because we know that Bible-believing Christians are people who have not been active, and uh, and we we pray that it's not too much. It's not too far. In some places it may be too far, in San Francisco or someplace, but uh, by uniting across the country, we believe we can save the country. It w- we would love to be able to save California if the people that, that uh, have refused to be apart, and now now they can see. You know, They've been doing it for a long time. Uh, California has become a third world country. For example, you have brownouts. Now, where do you have brownouts? that means the electricity is turned off in certain places. In the most abandoned sections of Africa, yep. in, in, in the Andes of, of, of Latin America, that's where you have brownouts, not in the richest nation in, state in the state in the nation, but yet we've elected those people and then as, as Pelosi, I saw the other day, uh, as you know, you're not allowed in, to wash your car and and water your lawn in California, not unless you run out of water. And the question would be, if you believe in science, exactly where does the water go? If I don't wash my car with, does that water, does it go sit someplace? No, by allowing the water to run into the ocean, you haven't saved a drop. Yeah. You've just proved yourself for stupid. And the fact is <laughs> that the population of California has doubled. I'll repeat it the population of california has doubled since the last time they built a reservoir now what's going to happen you're going to have a shortage of water and when that was presented to the speaker of the house second in line to the presidency a person from california when, when they said would would it be wouldn't it be appropriate to have some new reservoirs to which she said the problem is not we don't have enough reservoirs the problem is we don't have enough water well okay argue with that
0: yeah yeah, and you let it you let it flood out to the Pacific Ocean because uh, you want to protect the what Delta smelt uh, some non indigenous creature, uh, while everyone else gets to lose their family farms and the unemployment in the San Joaquin Valley and uh, what what they've done is criminal, and and you you made a, a point and I, I think I addressed it at the C N P, and and I'm I'm watching especially with pastors representing large churches across America. That, that find it culturally relevant to somehow walk this fence and, and not to make waves as though they're not supposed to be politically engaged for issues that are causing us great consternation and pain. And they say that what we're doing isn't loving our neighbor, but in reality, it's costing us something to love our neighbor because we're being fined. We're, we, we have an inspector out every Sunday writing down every violation that we haven't had a case at all and, and as this, this is taking place, we're, we're contending for people who are losing their businesses for this absolute hypocrisy and stupidity that nobody is saying even the press doesn't say anything with the exception of some brave smaller um, news outlets but, but our you know the, the one that's delivered to every home that never, never covers this stuff. And my frustration, Bob, is these pastors, Aren't saying anything, and I and I tried to address that at the CNP. I tried to tell folks if you're attending a church that follows that line, and and you brought up something today about uh, a decision that was made at a denominational level. Can can you share with everyone?
2: Well, the CNP is the Council for National Policy. It's a, the heads of various conservative organizations. They meet three times a year. And they recently had a had a meeting this past weekend with you and the Secretary of State and the Vice President of the United States and General yeah. Keene we see on Fox and others. Uh, they were there. So one of the, the things was that uh, the Southern Southern Baptist Convention, uh, let me just put it in this context. You always know what the left is up to because they accuse you of what they're up to. Yeah. Now, uh, we, we know what fascists are. Fascists are people who... Use totalitarian methods to impose their political will on others. Uh, that's simple. That's what they are. They were black shirts uh, in 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 in, in uh, Italy, and they were brown shirts in Germany in the 1930s. And so they come along and say we're anti-fascists. Well, we weren't even thinking about fascism, but now we see what who the antifa. We see who they are. They are fascists. They are people who come along and. And knock over your food and steal your sandwiches and, and beat people up just because they can. Those were the same people that went through and broke their glasses and, and beat people up in Italy and in Germany during the 1930s. So uh, how did they do, they do it? Now, well, the excuse under communism was that there were the oppressors and the oppressed. That's the principle of social of communism and socialism is that there are those who are the oppressors who are the people who work for a living and plant the, the farm and, and build the businesses and, and cut the hair and do things. Those are the oppressors and the oppressed are the people who buy the food and who drive the cars and do those things. Well, that has, is just foolish. It's stupid and it doesn't work. And the entire world saw that where there's freedom, then finally the uh, people behind the iron curtain and then communism said, well, this is bad. We, we don't want this. We want what you guys have. And so communism as a oppressor oppressed economically fell apart so now they had to substitute something and they substitute white and all others which they call people of color and so they say the oppressors are anyone who has white skin and the oppressed are anyone else and so they seek to drive a wedge between americans E pluribus unum, and so they get all these little groups. And there's this Hispanic group, which didn't exist prior to 1960, 1976. And so they have the Hispanic, and then we have the, the women, and then we have the gays, and then we have the, the... And they divide according to people. And so the race is now the biggest one. That's the one that the Democrat Party is using most forcefully. And and uh, today in Ohio, the, the Southern Baptist Convention said... That they were opposed to this critical race theory, this teaching of racism uh, in the church. And let, let's conclude, the people that watch this program understand scripture. And, and that is that that Satan wants us to focus on anything other than the blood of Christ. Yep. As long as you're not focused on the cross, anything else is fine. So you get up there and you talk about poverty every week and you talk about discrimination every week. You talk about racism every, you talk about anything other than the blood of Jesus Christ. And as long as you're doing that, and those are good things, ending poverty is a noble cause. Doing away with racism is certainly good. If you don't think so, just watch half the TV programs on a Sunday morning because everybody's into it as to who can do the best. But as long as you're not focusing on the fact that man is in need of a savior, and his savior came and made it possible for him to be united. And, and that is the message that Satan wants to block any way that he can. And currently, as we're seeing across the country, this race theory is entering our high schools and our young schools. Or, I take that back. First grade, kindergarten, up through our education system and now entered our churches and pastors, these young pastors particularly, feel that it's noble to substitute the, the blood of Christ for the skin color of various people.
0: An, an immutable trait. And, and we're watching it in Christian schools. And, and it's, uh, it's dividing this nation. But what was fascinating is when I left the CNP, Bob, um, and, and I, was, I had to catch the flight that night, I had time to go down and march with everybody. Uh, the, the march that they said there were 10,000 people. You remember that one? It, it, it over just, a million. Over a million. Yep. I, was, yep. I was there. The, yep. the press was and I didn't see them, but, of course, 10,000. Um, and so as we participated in this, I noticed every color, every creed, every state, every socioeconomic status, uh, accents from various different realms of the world all marching without burning a building, without breaking glass, without looting, uh, thanking the officers, and and marching down Pennsylvania Avenue. And it wasn't until they they dissipated and started to go back to their hotels that uh, the Antifa was waiting to attack them. And and sadly, Washington, the C- C- uh, the city of Washington D.C. police officers. Uh, ushered them in to harm's way. They were a, they were a half a block from their hotel and they turned them around and made them go into the middle of the Antifa group to be abused and beaten and knocked out. And I my heart was heavy that day. You could sense the tension in the city by these folks. And and we're we're watching as as we're being divided and trying to be destroyed. And yet I still have I still have faith and hope in the American people the over 70 million, and and those that marched, and those that won't put up with this hypocrisy. Can you maybe close us tonight with anything of encouragement historically that would inspire the folks in this time to just reawaken and realize that one man and God constitutes a majority, that always standing for what is right will always prevail Whatever part of history, because I know you're a storehouse of that, and you always bless me. So, and I, I hate to put you on the spot, but I know you can do it. <laughs> well,
2: the marchers, the significance of the marchers, and you were there, is that they're happy. And, and you you go to a, to a, a a Trump rally, and the poor folks have to stand out there in the cold and all for three or four hours before he can if he even comes and he speaks for an hour, and yet they're happy. They're having fun. They're cheering each other. You know, I've been – and exactly as you said, nobody cares about the race and all that. It, it, it's, it's the left that is unhappy. Yep. They're miserable. They're spitters. They they hate God. And if they hate God, they hate each other, and, and, and they hate themselves. And so they're the ones that we have to board up the windows because they're coming, and they'll break things, and they'll steal things, and all the things that made America different, uh, as, as you've heard me say – that when people often come up to, when you see a congressional delegation or something, people wanna identify themselves. They say, I've been to America, I've seen America. My my wife would often ask them, well, what what was it about America that startled you or surprised you or what do you remember the most? The answer that comes back, there's lots of things, but the answer is more the largest one is that you don't have walls around your property. And in America, we don't know where our yard stops and our neighbors begin because we didn't covet what the other people had. Now, as we abandon that, as we leave those principles, you see people actually in beautiful, wonderful neighborhoods that 30 or 25 years ago, you went down and you could see the house. Now they're putting up walls around their house yeah. as they begin to abandon the, the biblical thought that you and I know were the answer. And so as we extracted God from our schools, and therefore we have a generation now that doesn't know other than what they've been doing. Now, your, your question was, I believe that, that this election was a Pearl Harbor moment. Uh, People have begun to waken up. I see the difference. Uh, They try to paint the difference. They try in the media. They keep trying to tell us that we're the ones that are off-kelder. We're the ones that are mean. We're the ones that matter. But they don't board up the windows for us when we come to town. They board up the windows for them when they come to town. And so now that people have begun to to see that, uh, let's remember how much easier it is than, Others have had it. We certainly know that the difficulty and the chaos that went through when 2% of the population, all young male men were wiped out in the civil war. Uh, We know that that poor George Washington didn't have a government. He didn't have an example of a country that ever done what he wanted to do. And he had to sell this idea to people, a third of whom refused to support him and wanted him beat, and a third of whom didn't care, which is always the tradition. And yet he said, I want to build a free country, a country that will prosper, a little 4% that'll make more wealth than the rest of the world combined. And so he sold that idea and he made it in now, it has been thrust into our hands and we have a generation that's juggling it and about to drop it. However, finally, I believe that we've begun to see what what is happening, what's going on. And I think we're going to see that Americans, those people that are listening to us tonight, who know that they did not vote uh, over the last 10 years, and that they that's how that the the state of California that was always 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 as long as i've been involved in politics it was had the best education system in america they were the ones that set the trends under the republican governors duke mason and reagan and all and and wilson and all the rest but now it's it's dropped immediately to either 37th or below because these folks liberals cannot run a two car funeral They will mess up an education system, they'll mess up a a small business, they'll mess up a beautiful, beautiful, abundant state like California. Now that burden is upon us. And all of our friends are beginning to wake up and begin to see. so what can we do about it? Well, we simply register and we go to to vote. And the people that had the yard signs that supported what is going on in, in California at this current moment, We have a responsibility to educate them, so that when we go to the polls in another 24 months, that in that time we can bring back and and it, it can, it can be done. People didn't, most people didn't care until now. We said that if you if you don't build a power plant, you're going to run out of energy. If you don't build a reservoir, you're going to run out of water. Well, now, if you don't elect people who believe in freedom, you're going to lose your World Series, you're going to lose your basketball game, you're going to lose your schools where your children can go, and even they're going to come into your house and tell you whether or not you can have Thanksgiving. Well, we're there, ladies and gentlemen. We're there. And I believe that this is the end. This is. I think we're going to see a great – we're in the midst of a great turnaround, and it's going to, get, going to stop. So we're you, we're all in
0: when you say you believe this is the end, it's the end of apathy, and it's time for an awakening. Yep. Yes. And, and, and I'm in agreement with you, Bob. I, um, and and I, I, I haven't given up uh, believing that the American people will, will rise up to seek justice for something that's been stolen from them. Because if, if, if those who attempted to do this to us succeed and are, are not held accountable they're just going to continue to do it because there's no consequences for that type of behavior. And, and those who are apathetic or are in positions to be able to do something about it and don't, we'll hold them accountable. And I, and I think the American people, I, I really believe in that higher nature um, that, that they're going to, you know, as what was it Reagan said? Not, not that he didn't believe that man had a sin nature, but he said the angels of the higher nature. It's the quote that's on his tombstone up at the Reagan Library. But the, the concept that we're going to rise to the occasion to do what's right. And, and I really believe that. And I, I'm grateful well, for your optimism.
2: And, uh, and that's why you're doing, you're doing the right thing. Uh, when, when the Democrats in, in Montgomery, Alabama did something that was absolutely, no. the country did not do this. It's just the weird people there wanted to say that black people couldn't sit up front in the buses. And so they passed a resolution that that said that, an ordinance. And the bus company refused to enforce it. And so they said, we're going to take away your franchise unless you do that. And so they told black people when you're sitting up front, you had to go to the back of the bus. Well, Rosa Parks finally said, no, I'm not going to do that. So then we have to go to court. There's no law that can make you do that. That's discrimination, you can't do that. And when they did it, it put a stop to it. But as long as people willfully, when they were told to go to the back of the bus, they did, then nothing was going to happen. And those folks at Sacramento have discovered we can just dream stuff up. Those Catholics are out there uh, in front of those abortion clinics that we said were essential, you have to have those. They're out there uh, praying the rosary. Well, I believe that's a chant. Therefore, it's against the law to chant. They just dream things up to take away our freedoms, and and we went too long letting them do it. And with your leadership and those that agree with you that love freedom and love America, we're going to put a stop to it, gladly.
0: We're going to have the biggest Thanksgiving ever.
2: Good, good.
0: Well, Bob, thank you. I know it's late there. I'll let you go. I, I honestly, I could listen to you forever. I just the, the, your insights, uh, your grasp of his, history, and just your pleasant demeanor. I just you're you're a wonderful man and a delightful friend. And I thank the Lord for you. And thank you for the privilege to be at CNP and uh, be able to share with the folks and be in the company of so many amazing people. Thank you.
2: Look, let me say something on behalf of your audience that we love you and we appreciate what you do. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is, this is a, a drink of cold water. We thank you for it, Rob. Yeah, well,
0: my pleasure. So uh, go remind Liz what you look like. Enjoy the evening, and uh, I'm going to have you back on real soon. We're actually, when we set the format, it's going to be called uh, McEwen Monday, and so we're going to keep that as an ongoing. So I, I need you to just clear your schedule on Monday for the rest of your life, if you don't mind. <laughs> All right, bless you, Bob. Good night. Good
2: night.
0: Well, uh, Congressman Bob McEwen, always a delight and w- great insights and very encouraging. And so, folks, uh, this is tyranny. You, you, you saw the video. You, you see what we're dealing with in our own county, 12.5% raise. Are you kidding me? And, and all this that's going on, we're done with it. We're done with it. We know the virus. We see the data. We're done with this. And you go out on a $400 a night, uh, $400 a plate dinner No social distancing, no masks. You're with all the health officials that are telling us we can't have Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're done with that. We're done with that. And we're going to do just like you did, Governor. We're just going to say we're apologizing. Uh, But we want to apologize in advance because we're going to have a delightful Thanksgiving meal. We're going to give thanks to the God you said we can't worship. And we're probably going to sing praises And we're going to worship him in freedom that are these inalienable rights given to us by God that you will not infringe upon. And if you want to come get us, we'll face that. And maybe there will only be a handful of us that will stand for those rights and the rest will cower. I don't know. But I do know this. I I, I would rather stand for freedom and be arrested than to cower in fear and be a slave. And you don't own us. And so that's all there is to it. And so here's the blessing for all of you out there. Be encouraged. It's out of uh, the scriptures. And I want to bring it to you number six. And this has been a tradition. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So there you have it. And we'll see you tomorrow night. We're trying to figure out the Skype stuff. Don't worry about it. See? No. There. Yeah. Okay. There it is. All right, folks, uh, we'll figure it out. We're not professionals, but hey, we started with one camera and like an ISIS backdrop that looked really creepy and now we're getting, it's getting better. But the beautiful thing about it, it's all been organic. We haven't done any advertising. We haven't sought, you all just came And, and you're here because you want truth and we're doing the best we can to give it to you. And we're grateful for all of you. And thank you for supporting us. We've never asked you for anything, but you've all supported us and it's allowed us to do what we do. And so, thank you. God bless you all. We'll see you tomorrow
2: night.